I'm going to say the word pitching. 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 Sounds like a bad word, but it's not. Pitching is something that a lot of you guys are not doing in your business. You need to be doing. Get you into articles, TV, get advertising and marketing onto your business so that you can grow and get in the path of your customer avatar. So let's go ahead and jump right in. Welcome to the Business Bites Podcast, the podcast for busy entrepreneurs. Whether you're an online entrepreneur or seeking after brick and mortar success, this podcast brings you quick bites of content so you can learn and grow anywhere you are. Now here's your host, Rachel Brainke. Hey guys, welcome to episode 68 of the Business Bites Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Branke, and I am joined by Patricia Marish today. She is the founder and CEO of Peaked PR, which if you guys don't know how to spell that, you can find it at rachelbranke.com forward slash EPI 68 with all of the show notes. But she is the founder of this boutique lifestyle public relations firm located outside the city of Philadelphia. She focuses on fashion, beauty, and decor, but don't click away because she has got a lot of great information on pitching. If you don't know what pitching is, we're going to define that for you. We're going to talk about why it's important, who you should pitch, how you should figure out, and the key elements to a successful and effective pitch so that you can maybe be broadcast on TV, in articles, work with certain brands, whatever it is that is part of your marketing plan. Patricia's got a great background in PR relations. She has a really unique story is that she started Peak PR at a really young age, but she is doing amazing things with it. She's really good at creative thinking. In fact, she even has a download that you guys can go and grab at peakedpr.com. It's got about creative holidays and you guys can use this to guide your marketing for when you are approaching holiday marketing. And I'm not just talking about Christmas and Thanksgiving. We're talking about even like National Pink Day, whatever fits in with your brand. So again, make sure you go over to rachelbranky.com forward slash EPI 68. I'll have all this linked for you. Let's go ahead and jump right in. All right, Patricia, I'm so excited to talk about pitching. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Of course, I'm so excited to be here. You know, the thing is, like, when you say pitching, I feel like many entrepreneurs, especially even me, even though I've been doing this for over a decade, kind of freeze up and go, oh, my gosh, I have to talk about myself. And so, <laughs> you know, and that can be really hard to do. But one thing I've realized is if we don't talk about ourselves, who's going to do it? Exactly. Right? You have to um, be your best advocate. You know, and that's so funny. I mean, you're the founder and CEO of Peaked PR, which is a boutique lifestyle public relations firm. So you're doing this for other people, but you're also pitching for yourself. And so I'm excited. Let's dig into a little bit of your background and kind of your path of how you got here. And then we'll get into the nitty gritty of tips so that the listeners can start pitching themselves. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I actually have a background, a degree in communications, PR, and fashion merchandising. Um, so that's kind of why I stick to this lifestyle realm of PR with fashion, beauty, and decor clients. Um, it's because my interest and my degree and what I studied, all of that is in that um, lifestyle world. So I, um, after graduation, the job scene wasn't the best um, from college graduation. So I started actually working on a political campaign once I graduated. Um, doing PR for the politician. Um, and that was a baptism by fire into PR management. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I mean, it was so fun. It was great experience. Um, but so then from there, I got a job at an agency a few months after graduation. Um, and it was a liquor company actually. So 
they did like Sailor Jerry Rum and Hendrix Gin and all the Art in the Age products. Um, but while I love a good cocktail, that wasn't exactly where my interest <laughs> was, where I wanted the the area that I wanted to work in. Um, so I started freelancing on the side, actually, um, with more of these fashion, beauty, decor, lifestyle clients. Um, and eventually I had enough that I could just start my own thing. So I started Peaked PR. That's cool. And so think back to your first year in business, because many of the listeners are in their, they're either on the cusp of entering into business or uh, they're in the newer stages. What is one thing that you would tell yourself or change from what you did then? Huh. I mean, back then, I don't think, you know, obviously social media was around back then, but I don't think I knew the importance of it even still um, and how much that could be potential business for my company. Um, so I think I would focus more on social media. And then the other thing that, and I think a lot of people say this, is that they wish that they would have got help sooner. I feel like they're just recently I started taking on um, some employees to help me out. But before that, I tried to do everything. And, you know, sometimes it's, you end up wasting time because if it's not what you're best at, then it takes you so much longer, which then it ends up costing you more. Um, and I'll so. even add on to that. Not even just having the help, but learning things. Like I, I kind of, when I first came on the scene, there wasn't like this huge education accessibility. I mean, mm -hmm. everyone was super guarded. The whole like freemium model really didn't exist. Like you yep. had to pay for everything and it still wasn't even as big. And not that I was against paying. I just, I mean, content wasn't king at the time. That was, mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking about, it was mostly landing pages and that was it. Like you didn't get a lot of like the freemium style content to see people's value and to like pull you in. You basically had like a long form sales copy page. And for me, I look back and think it's valuable for the lessons that I learned figuring it out myself. But I often stop and think, had I just been able to find a business coach, a mentor, a class, an ebook, uh, you know, something to bring it all to me and put it in my lap, mm -hmm. how much time I would have really, you know, how much for, more forward would I be? Like how more advanced? Oh, I totally. Yeah. I'm a big believer in, you know, reading business books and taking classes, even if they're not necessarily what you think will help your business. But sometimes you just need the inspiration um, mm -hmm. from something else. Like I went and got a certificate in interior design actually a few years ago, just because I don't know, I had an interest in it. And I think it has helped my business because I do work with some interior designers. Um, and there's just a lot of, I don't know, things that cross over with fashion um, and interior design. So it's just something good, I think, to always do invest in learning. Oh, and I agree. And in looking outside the industry that you're in, and this is a good crossover to pitching because I just came home from a blogging conference. I speak yeah. at it frequently, but like I'm not a blogger in the normal sense. Like blogging is just a part of my content strategy. Yeah. But what are one of the main things that bloggers have to do? They have to pitch. They have to talk about themselves. Definitely. And, you know, sitting down and talking to these bloggers and getting to know, and these are attendees, right? Mm -hmm. I'm the keynote speaker and they're like teaching me the importance of pitching. So like this interview is so timely because if you're not pitching yourself, then, you know, like we said before, who is going to do it for you? And you, you can't control the message really at that point. So let's kind of like 
for me, that's a big push, and I'm really excited to hear this. For those that are listening and going, oh, my gosh, you haven't defined pitching for us yet, <laughs> Rachel. Um, so, Patricia, can you give them, like, a brief explanation of what pitching and, like, pitching your business is and kind of your approach to that? Yeah. So, I mean, pitching is really how you obtain anything for your business. Most of the time it relates to press. Um but it could be for collaborations. Um, it could be really for anything. And basically, it's putting you and or your business out there um, as well to the world. Um, and, you know, it's positioning yourself as an expert or relevant in whatever the case may be um, is really what I think pitching comes down to. And then obviously the art of pitching is the process of that, the process of reaching out to people for these collaborations or press features, um, things like that. You know, and that's the thing is, how do you figure out who to pitch to? I mean, where do you even begin? And maybe maybe before we get into who, we need to kind of back up and go, what would you even include in a pitch? Or I mean, which comes first? Do you identify who you're going to pitch to or what to include? What's your process for that? I mean, I think it kind of depends. It could be either or. Um, so if you are launching a new product or service, let's say if you're a business that has a product or service, then you're going to be pitching... Um, the product or service. So later you're going to want to think about um, who you're pitching because you already know what you're pitching. It'll be that new product or service. Uh, but who, I mean, there's all, when you're pitching, you want to think about different angles that relate to that specific outlet. Um, so for example, one of our clients just launched a new desktop calendar. Um, and so it's Paris theme. So we're pitching that to, you know, publications for the new year, obviously, because at a new year, you need a new calendar. Um, but then we're also getting creative and we're thinking, well, let's pitch that to food and wine, food and wine magazines. Um, because there's pictures of food and wine in these illustrations on the calendar and it's Paris themed. Everyone thinks of food and wine when they think of Paris. And then also let's pitch it to some fashion publications because Paris and fashion go hand in hand too. Um, so I think, you know, these pitches, they change from outlet to outlet. Um, and you need to get strategic and think creatively about how you can um, attract someone else's attention. And I love what you said. I love the example that you provided because I think sometimes, especially if you're newer in pitching, you're so focused on, okay, I know I'm going to pitch to this one type of individual or business to talk about me, mm. whereas you just outline like three different variations coming out of one project. Um, and so for me, that kind of helps to open my eyes a little bit to get a little more creative of, all right, who else, what is related to this that I can also pitch to? Um, it, but for me, I kind of go back and forth. It was it was interesting how you said it because I can see in my mind when I'm going to pitch somebody, I start with like what you talked about, the project or the idea. I maybe will jot down a couple of people that I want to pitch to, but as I'm formulating the pitch, I might actually end up adding more people or subtracting people definitely. off the initial list. Yeah. Um, definitely. So getting into an effective pitch, I think that is what's – I think who you want to pitch is relatively easy. Like if you ask me and I'll just be, I'm completely transparent on my podcast. Like I want to get into Forbes. I want to get an entrepreneur magazine. You know, these are the big names and I've had to pitch myself repeatedly. And so I guess I'm selfishly now going to ask, what are the key elements for an effective pitch to somebody? Yeah. So I think the main focus of a pitch is it goes back to just general journalism. You need the who, what, when, where, and why in your pitch of 
you know, who you're pitching or what you're pitching. Um, if it's an event, when, where, and why it's relevant or relates to um, that outlet that you're pitching to. Um, so that's kind of the basis. Um, generally, you need a press release too, because um, if they're interested in picking it up, then the press release answers more of those questions and goes into more details. Um, and then honestly, the thing that really sets them apart, and we talked about this a little bit before, is that it needs to be personalized. That's what's really going to set it apart. You can't, I think the biggest issue is people will just pitch across the board. Um, you know, if you want to get into more business focused magazines, let's say, you'll just use that same pitch. You'll just say hi and not even put the person's name. Um, or you, it's just very general, but I mean, Forbes and, um, your local magazine, um, for your city are very different publications. So how do you have to think about that angle then? Um, or even, you know, with the examples I gave earlier, a food and wine magazine is very different than a fashion magazine. Mm -hmm. So you have to personalize those pitches. You can't just use the same pitch. And I think using a general pitch of, Oh, hi, um, our client's launching a new, calendar, um, you know, it's Paris themed, and that's it is not going to attract anyone, you need to tell them why they need to put it in their publication or why they need to feature you specifically. So what I'm hearing with so we have like a regular pitch of the who, what, why, and well, and I guess not how, but the who, what, and why, mm -hmm. and then you have a press release that follows that up. Where do media kits fall into this? So yeah, media kit is more, um, if you, I mean, it can be for a product or service too, but we see that a lot more with personalities. So if you're a blogger, influencer, or if you're someone like yourself, um, a media kit then basically has all your stats. So it's, you know, where you've been featured before, where, whether that's where you've talked before or blogs that have featured you or um, where you've taught seminars, whatever it may be. It gives those facts. A lot of times it also has your social media on there as well. Um, a little blurb about you and your target audience, your followers, who they are. Um, and we see that a lot more with personalities, I'd say. Um, or a media kit, you know, if you're doing a big launch or if you're introducing a brand new brand, um, something completely, completely new, then you would do a media kit, a full media kit. So if you are a personality, like you say, mm -hmm. and we're pitching, would you suggest including this media kit in the first pitch? I think that's one of the things that I see and I struggle with is I want to give them enough information, but I don't want to overwhelm. But at the same time, I also don't want to look like I'm playing cutesy of, you know, like I'm pussyfooting around to not give information. So what is the balance between the two when you are pitching? Yeah. So I, at first, honestly, I would not include your media kit. Mm -hmm. uh, I would make the introduction first because a lot of times too in your media kit, you include pricing. Um, mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think that that's something that has to be talked about more. So you can't just include that because then that'll, it, it comes across, I don't know, not as warm and friendly if you're just throwing numbers yes. out right away. Um and then I also think the other issue of why I try not to do too many attachments, such as a media kit and email, is sometimes then it automatically goes to spam. Um, mm. So it gets filtered through already and doesn't make it to someone's inbox. You don't want to put too many attachments, whether they're pictures. You don't want to put too many links either um, in an email because that kind of is a, a flag for some spam blockers. The great thing that you brought this up, it's almost like I paid you to do it because... <laughs> I have felt like I've been like on this cutting edge, which I know that I didn't come up with this, but I hate PDFs. I can't stand them. Okay. Uh, I don't know. It's just because of things like you said, they get rejected. They go to spam, uh -huh. all this. 
Yeah. So for me, I have really embraced for my brands, putting like this media kit and like pitch style landing page hidden on my site, but directly sending that link. Is that too much of a disconnect? No, I think that's perfect. You know, and I've seen it, people sending um, links, like especially if we're working with an artist or a jewelry designer and there's multiple images you want to show them, we'll have a Dropbox um, with all the images. And so you could have, you know, all your media kit, things like that. I think having one central link is really key. Okay, cool. Yeah, I love that. So I guess the big thing, you guys, you got to figure out the who, what, why. And then what about the call to action? I mean, are we in that first pitch? Do we need to say, this is what I intend to do? Or I kind of like to throw out ideas and see what they come back and with. Yeah. Have to cut me off if they are have a completely different exactly I think um putting in some ideas is perfectly fine and I think that's great especially you know if you are a blogger or if you're an influencer um if you're trying to host an event throw out some ideas of what the different events could be um if you're trying to collaborate with a brand then throw out some ideas of hey I was thinking I'd style this for a game day look or I could do um you know gifts for Valentine's. I don't know. I'm just throwing out some ideas right now. But I would throw out a few ideas of how you could see the collaboration going. Um, even if you're pitching to a magazine, if you're, you know, a brand, um, if you're pitching to a magazine and saying, you know, I think this would be a great fit in your whatever section, um, just to show that, you know, you took the time to do the research, you picked up the magazine, or you looked at their website, or you looked at their social media, and you know your stuff, um, that you're not just reaching out to everyone that you really uh, tried to personalize it. And you know, and that's key, because I get pitched a lot for people to come on the podcast. Uh-huh. And like, we really like rigorous process of who gets on because I really want good quality people. And so I am like the recipient of pitches all the time. And the team and I have gotten to where if it just looks like a standard copy paste and we just, we don't, I mean, we may say thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. I mean, they may be good person, but if they didn't really take the time, I really am always blown away when people pitch me and they have pulled out information that are the key parts of my brand. Yeah, you know, who, it means who so much. I mean, we've even had pitches because I represent a lot of jewelry brands as well, uh, where a blogger will pitch us because they want to collaborate, but they'll put another jewelry brand name. Like they'll, it's a general pitch and they forgot oh to God. switch the name. And, I, and then I don't even respond to that because I'm like, if you didn't take the time to yeah. at least check this, if you're going to just copy and paste your pitches, then, you know, who's to say that you're going to spend the right amount of time on putting this blog post together? Um, and you know what's funny is that the listeners are probably thinking, oh my gosh, that's common sense. But y'all, you don't understand yeah. how often this happens. And it, and it's easy because to fall into this as the person doing the pitching, because I do this, you know, frequently, and I'll have a structured pitch. And by the time you've already sent out a couple, you start to get tired and you're like, oh, I just want to copy and paste and be done with it and get it sent out. Mm-hmm. But you really want to get the most steam that you can onto that pitch because this may be your one shot. This may be your one time for them to pick you up, um, which leads into a really good question. What happens if they don't even respond or don't pick you up? What is your recommendation on follow-ups or continued pitching? Yeah. So with pitching and PR in general, I would say 90% of it is following up. Um, so always follow up. And sometimes in my email in the initial pitch, I'll include, you know, I look forward to hearing back and I'll follow up in a few days if I don't hear from you. That way they know that 
you know, you're looking for a response, whether that's yes or no, at least you're getting that. Um, so I would follow up and, you know, obviously you're not going to get everything that you pitch. Um, I think pitching is really throwing a bunch of balls and seeing what sticks to the wall sort of thing. Um, and but but in that line, only pitch things that are really within your business. Yes, yes, of course. Yeah, right. Of course. But I mean, in the angle of trying different angles and getting creative um, and strategic about how you're pitching. Um, but uh, what was I saying? Um, no, but that's yeah. true. And also, don't exclude something because it doesn't fit in that normal. Going back to the example yes. that you were about with the calendar I mean you may we my thought went to oh I just need to get in the path of entrepreneurs or moms or whoever uses calendar I because I'm still learning this whole pitching thing even over a decade later I wouldn't have considered a fashion magazine and all of that and even in my personal life like I do athletics and I have sponsorships I ended up with a mattress sponsorship like that wasn't even on my radar I wouldn't even have thought to pitch them yeah. they actually me but it was like when I sat down for my athletics I wasn't thinking mattress I was thinking equipment I need for the actual sport you know like so it's expanding your mind but not not making it a shot in the dark that it's not a logical thing because you don't just want to represent a brand or have your article on somewhere or a feature with a journalist on a site if it doesn't really fit with the messaging, there's kind of a wash. It's kind of wash at that point. Exactly, exactly. Um, I would say, you know, your target and their target should be the same. So if you work with more high-end clientele, so your prices are higher and you're not necessarily um, a budget product or service that you're offering, then you don't want to pitch a budget-conscious um, site yeah. or outlet magazine. Um, so they need to be a, be aligned. That way you're gaining something and they're gaining something. So if you had to give one tip, that's it, to help someone make a successful pitch, what would that one tip be? It could be something we've already talked about, but what would like, if they get nothing else out of this episode? Um, Definitely personalize it. I think that's really what sets you apart is doing your research and personalizing um, your pitch and not just using a blanket pitch, um, getting to know what the outlet that you're pitching um, and thinking creatively. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's the thing, too, is like for me, my pitches, I have like um, templated ones, but Mm -hmm. they're always being refined and updated, you know, and that's I've kind of gotten lazy in telling my audiences where I'm speaking. You mentioned this earlier in the episode where I've been speaking or events or appearances. And it just I've you start when you are doing so much Mm -hmm. you take for granted that don't know this you have to hand deliver that information to them um and so this is even applicable to pitching and for just marketing in general but you have to deliver this information especially if you're reaching out to like for me reaching out to forbes and entrepreneur magazine they're people that are receiving pitches they're not running around researching me probably they want all the information in one email exactly and just like the name of your business they want their interest peaked mm-hmm. we are <laughs> i they, like good plug they want all the peak right then and so it really is our responsibility to do that uh, well this has been awesome i oh my gosh like i this kind of really motivates me that when we get off here i need to go reframe my pitches a little bit and kind of see what i can do but can you share where the uh, listeners can find you and kind of what you offer in case 
others need help, I know I'm going to need your help. Of that's course. Sure. Yeah. So you can find me um, peakedpr.com. That's P-I-Q-U-E-D-P-R.com. Um, and on social media, we're at peakedpr as well. Uh, we offer public relations, social media, email marketing, and events. That's cool. And I'm going to put all of this into the show notes for you guys. So if you want to go over to rachelbranke.com forward slash EPI 68, it's going to be episode 68. I would appreciate if y'all would leave a review. Five star would be awesome. It really helps us out to get this information to other entrepreneurs for help. Please hit up Patricia, commit to putting pitches into your marketing plan. And again, if you guys need any help at all, you can also jump into the Business Bites Facebook group and we'd be more than happy to help you answer any questions there. Thanks for joining Rachel on this episode of the Business Bites. For show notes, a list of recommended tools or referenced episodes, you can find them at businessbytespodcast.com. Until next time.